Welcome to Serial Podcast 9. Uh, all right. You guys introduce yourself like we do on a podcast. Hello, evening, my name I'm... is... <laughs> oh, you go first. No, no, you go first. Good evening. I'm Gerard Di Peralta. Hello, and I'm Kevin Peterson. I'm Ryan Benoit, and this is Serial Podcast 9. Welcome to the show. Um, the big show. Yeah, we've been shouting at each other for an hour and 10 minutes, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. Actually, one of the okay, we got a question. We're gonna just dive right in. We got a question, and uh I thought it was an interesting what if question. So our friend uh 2JZ underscore Nagini. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't I'm not fluent in the in the Harry Potter languages, but that's the snake from Harry Potter, right, Gerard? Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. I, he's actually swapping his Aristo to a to a six-speed. I believe he bought the Yeah, he's doing guys. the CD Pro swap right now. Yeah. Yeah, very excited for that. All right. So he said, hey, Ryan, I was listening to the podcast on my way home today, and I had a question. What's the best country slash province slash state that has the best laws for modifying cars. Where would you and the boys live to build the rowdiest cars without worrying about the popo? And I thought that was a very fun question. Based on all the things we've been shouting about, I'm fully down for it. Where would I you would live? think in I would think in Canada, Alberta. Oh yeah, that was my answer too. Yeah, like you can definitely, and then for the states, I would say like Florida and Washington have Washington? very. Yeah, I mean Washington's got very relaxed rules and like that, you know. It's not surprising to me. Where would yeah. you live in? If you okay, so to take this a step further, where would you live? Let's do the U.S. first. Where would you live in the U.S.? California. All things considered, California has uh, the hardest rules. They yeah, but they have so, like the biggest I, scene too. Yeah, and I mean that's where I mean if you take the I mean if you take the geography and like yeah the scene and like the obviously like I would want to live by the sea by the ocean I would want to live where it's beautiful I I, I feel like California is that maybe so, I live in California but have my car shirt insured in Nevada <laughs> I feel like pretty sure Nevada can get away with anything as yeah well. I'm pretty sure Nevada is pretty lenient as well that's interesting. So you would forget, and I think that's uh, an interesting thing, though, to actually think about that is that we're all maybe like old enough that we wouldn't just live somewhere for the sake of cars. We would live no, somewhere no. for. I just um, deal with it. I mean, you could take a cool car and take it to a cool place, you know? Yeah. I know. I, I've never been to Florida and I don't know like how crazy it is, like as far as heat and all that stuff. But I mean, it looks like a nice place. It looks super dope there, but like, there's got to be a reason why it's not the same as California. I, maybe it's just way more hot and way more humid. Um, yeah, it's like an East Coast thing. I don't know what Florida that means, man. but I blame. Yeah, it's Florida just like man. yeah, it's just like humid, and it. I, it's. I swear, it's further south than than. Cali yeah, is. I think that's what it is. It's just way. It's like it's like Cali, but like turned up to twelve. So you're kind of just like, eh. It's a bit difficult to live there as far as heat and humidity and like all that you know crocodiles and all that other stuff, but like. <laughs> It's probably super dope, like in certain areas. Is yeah. it crocodiles or alligators? Probably fucking both. Yeah, they got more. Both. They got yeah. everything there, man. Crocodiles. They got everything. Yeah. <laughs> All the crazy uh, birds. You yeah, could own a compound. It's, it's basically though, like the Florida. Australia of North America. Yeah, of North America. 
You could you have could a serial nine compound in Florida. Yeah, I mean, for the price of what LZ paid. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you're just out here buying a house like a sucker. You could have bought a whole compound. Yeah, basically, it's almost the same price, really. So why why didn't you know, there was say, that that property in Prince George that was like a go kart track and a drive in movie and like a putt putt golf course and like I had a forest on it and yeah, it was like four hundred thousand, but it's also in Prince George. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd have to spend the rest of your four million on building things other than your house to do in Prince George. <laughs> Uh, nobody said Texas, eh? Hey? No, no takers for Texas. No, like why? <laughs> I mean, Texas really? is pretty cool. I Maybe imagine I could live in Austin. Austin. I don't know anything yeah. really much about them. I have, lots, I definitely I have think lots of friends from Texas. Ryan would like like Austin. It's the it's the um, Portland of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe as far as did they have water there? Yeah, they're on like the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, yeah. that's probably pretty cool. Also, but it's only like the far a, east of Texas. They got a drift scene there too, don't they? Yeah, they got a huge drift scene. Yeah, and like huge. Roll racing, two-mile racing, um, yeah. highway racing. Texas 2K. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the big. thing is like if if I'm into cars and I love cars, but like, yeah, it's weird because, yeah, I, I sometimes feel like I'm probably more into cars than a lot of people, but I still am not going to have like, the like drifting around me wedding photos and i'm probably not going to move somewhere just for the car scene you know what i mean no that's fair someone should call I, in and tell and who got drifting wedding photos and tell us how awesome it was because i also think that's the stupidest shit in the world yeah well, i don't well, know, I know like, people I, that have done that yeah well there get them to call in were you the right, photographer yeah. no i didn't know yeah it's happened. weird because like yeah i don't i don't know why i don't think that's that cool I kind of just definitely don't think it's the greatest, but at the same time, maybe it's just you don't think a shirt that has a giant turbo on it is cool. (laughs) Because you compartmentalize your life like a fucking adult. That's why. On the back. (laughs) Yeah, like. uh, Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, maybe the maybe the wedding is a wedding, and the car drifting is car drifting. Like if I'm going to leave the wedding in my sick car and do a burnout. Maybe, but like I just don't know about leaving the like, you know, having the people drifting around me and taking the wedding photos. My wife's probably just like, yeah, Gerard, you fire smoke do- in her face. I think that's, I think like, that's another like that. That's another interesting question though. Like, like you got a cool car, you're getting married. Like, do you like take your own cool car to your wedding? Do you, do you know? Do you like? Do you have all yeah. your cool, all your friends' cool cars? It's like, I mean, in when the wedding I party, imagined- Ooh, actually, limo. you know what, uh, Eric. Eric Zapata and Shay, yeah, they when they that. got married, it wasn't that they did that, but like their parking lot was full on, like a car show full of like fucking cool cars. Like the who's who of the Calgary car scene was there. And I was like, I had my camera. I wasn't shooting their wedding, but I was like, yo, I know there's going to be like dope shit here. Yeah. <laughs> and there was dope shit. At, but it was like because that was the life that those people lived and they drove it to the nothing about their wedding was about cars, cars. Oh, like, yeah yeah it was just about it was like a side thing where it was like yo zap and shay know some dope fucking people and like there's some dope shit in this parking lot you know but <laughs> yeah i just lion themed weddings I, I just don't uh i kind of like i guess when i was younger envisioning my wedding never did cars become a part of it 
Like I had some, some grandiose wedding plans, but like nothing to do with cars. Like there were like wolves and like snow and like fire and shit. Like, but no. So cars. you just really like Game of Thrones? <laughs> when, is what when I'm basically before when Game a little of boy out, imagining his wedding. Yeah. Before Game of Thrones <laughs> came out, I imagined a Game of Thrones wedding. I was like, yeah, that's gonna be sick. No, it was like okay, Game of Thrones crossed with like James Bond. So yeah. Oh. So an like, Aston Martin or a BMW? No, like everybody had to go away somewhere that was like really kind of secluded and like in the winter and like you couldn't, you know, like you're there for like the weekend and shit. And then the right. wedding was outside in like this crazy, you know, fire lit walkway and like, you know, it was, it was nuts. In but, your mind, did your wedding? Yeah, in my mind. Like no, my, yeah. my wedding was vastly <laughs> different, but my wedding was also pretty cool. So. Um, um but yeah everyone I, had to wear like fur coats and shit in my wedding not your real <laughs> wedding like no. in your imaginary wedding <laughs> my imaginary wedding. um i got married in vancouver before i lived here and i got married at uh fuck what the, fuck one of the mansions on the crescent i don't know anyway i got married crescent. There. shaughnessy park shaughnessy yeah i got married in shaughnessy oh okay um, yeah shaughnessy uh, vancouver not shaughnessy coquitlam yeah, yeah no yeah the real uh, I mean, it's still pretty nice though anyways yeah <laughs> all right all right um anyway and i in my mind i was like oh maybe i could find someone that has like a cool car and we could use it and like for like uh like the car that drives us away after the wedding ceremony and yeah. then even then i just didn't care enough to be like yeah. oh yeah i found that like i was just like i don't care that much like all my car friends at the time were there and that was good enough for me uh, like for the most part, because I made people travel to Vancouver for me to get married. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't incorporate cars into my into my wedding at all, except for like. How did we start talking about weddings and because... cars? When the question was about okay. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I it was. I feel like it transitioned. There. I transitioned it. Yeah. Because you, yeah, well, I didn't I, even... you were like, oh, the like drifting around the wedding. Right, 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 right. And then right. yeah, because you, said I don't you even remember what the question was. Life. Where would you live? Oh, right. You're not yeah, gonna, you're you not, yeah right, you right, right. care about cars and, for the most people, but you're not going to like, yeah. And like, I do actually think that the right answer to this question, like if you really, really, really cared about cars and that was your whole life, I think the right answer is Florida. Depending, right? So, and I'm basing that on Adam LZ. What about Canada? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I didn't even say where I live in the US. I'll tell you where I live yeah, in like, Canada. Spit right. it out, bud. Well, I want to say... <laughs> if it was the u.s i would pick portland i don't know if it's <laughs> no let's hope we have some portland listeners right now they're just be like yo buddy fuck that anyways go on portland's got so much beer gerard it'll be great they got great notion brew dude they got rid of montage i got nothing left in portland montage is gone boo see you later whatever and the beignets are gone beignets are uh, i got great everyone. notion brewing i'm okay um that's where I would go because I really like the Pacific Northwest. I think the Pacific Northwest is amazing. And I think that, you know, like from Pemberton to Portland, all of that is generally pretty great. Pemberton uh, is in BC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying oh. whoop, whoop, whoop. all those. Cascadia, bro. Yeah. That should be its own country. I don't know. I don't know much about politics. But just for me, the weather, the weather. I just play one on TV and kind of fuck yeah. off. So, so the, the weather is similar off? to what we. Yeah, I was not like, like I mean, if I'm moving somewhere already, like I'm gonna move somewhere. So, that's like, 
Huh? Yeah, but you still got seasons, which is nice. I think Portland would be nice because, like, uh, I mean, hoping Park doesn't go anywhere. But I mean, they just made know. a post that said that, like, all 22 events are canceled, basically. Well, fuck me, then. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going for the beer. Um, it says, so you're not gonna... we're currently in a battle, blah, 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 blah. There are no scheduled drift events for 2022 season. Thank you for the community, for the support over the years. We really appreciate everything, and we'll keep you posted. You're dropping like flies, bro. Yep. Oof, we're fighting an uphill battle. <clears throat> All right. Well, I still would probably, off the top, if I had to just roll. So you're going to pick a place because of the beer. And the food. The food? Okay. Portland food is amazing. I don't know yeah, where you've been. I know. I, I know. Why do you think I go to Portland, man? Well, I don't know. <laughs> the fucking food. Uh, yeah, I, of course I would think a place beer. for beer and food. I don't think I could afford Seattle. And Seattle... Why the hell would you ever want to live in Seattle, dude? Seattle sucks. Okay, well, one... We have many friends that live in Seattle, so take that back in the name of their honor. But that's uh, just happenstance. They didn't like nobody like was like, "Yo, I want to move to Seattle." Like, okay, sure. People for sure want to move to Seattle. But there's tons of like giant tech companies there. You and I live in two different worlds, and it blows my mind. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but I mean, they're moving there for the tech companies and the jobs. They're not moving there for the geography and the the dope city. Yeah. Seattle it's is not the, beautiful. There's nothing no. beautiful about Seattle. Well, no, there's parts that are nice. There are parts that are nice, but it's nice, yeah, yeah. not it is big. Honestly, everything around everything around Seattle is very nice. Yeah. Seattle itself mm-hmm. is not very nice. No, exactly. Uh yeah. It's a lot of driving. That's what I and also about. like and you can ask your friends or the people that we know that are the tech company people. Do they live in Seattle? They'd oh, I don't know go. any of those. I don't well no, they would because they're tech. No, companies. they would probably live in like Bellevue or all the outskirts of Seattle. Unless they're the CEO of the tech company, they're probably not like living up in Bellevue. I don't know. Well, Bellevue's not that crazy. Bellevue is like one of the most expensive suburbs of Seattle, is it not? Yeah, I wish I mean, we were. Uh, you also live in Vancouver, Kevin. So, yeah, but I don't I live wish. in the British properties. I mean, Bellevue is not the British property. Well, that's, that's sure. isn't that North Vancouver, Kevin? That's a different. That's a different thing. <laughs> I wish Anyways. we were a real estate podcast. <laughs> uh, um, all right, in Canada, I'm with Kevin. The answer is Alberta. You go to Alberta. Alberta, I actually think like I, I would go to Calgary, and I actually think Calgary, Cal- Calgary, Calgary has maybe one of the better car scenes in Canada. Yeah, I'd say so. But I mean, yeah, I guess for me, I would. Where would if you I go had in to, Canada? If I had to move somewhere just for like the cars, like to have a sick, crazy car. Uh, Calgary I, isn't that bad. You know, but so I mean, many I many people there. I know, but what I—I I, probably just moved to like Penticton or something. That's yeah. Honestly, I was. You know what I mean? Like, I was going to say, well, I'm not going to move to Alberta because <laughs> I need a sick car. Like, you I just need to move proper. out of Vancouver proper, man. not even out yeah. of BC. Like, I don't know you move to Langley like, and have a sick. Yeah, car. that's kind of what I mean. Is that you can like any any kind of in where you, anywhere where you're kind of in the boonies a little bit. Yeah. You can also yeah, probably yeah. have a sick car. You can't be like a like complete scraper because the roads probably won't allow it, but. If I gave you on an unlimited budget and you had to have three houses around the world, there's three properties around the world, where would you choose? I think that's fully unlimited budget. Yeah. And just like, I don't want 
you to tell me what they would be. Just pick the three areas you would live in. Probably have one in Bali. Okay. Or, Bali. I mean, I'm, I, maybe there's other places in Indonesia or whatever that I would be, but like, I like the vibe in Bali. Like, in the, the first place we went to, it was like super, super, super dope. So I'd have one in Bali. That's like the escape place. Would you do car stuff there or no? Yeah, you could do car stuff there. I mean, okay. Indonesia, not not in Bali, but like Indonesia generally has a massive car scene and like their cars are ridiculous. Okay, good. Okay, so that's well, one. That's one. I mean, I'd probably still have a house here, man. I love it oh, here. That's the right answer. Good, good. So I'd have one here and then one in would probably Missouri be... or Vancouver? I mean, if, if money was no object, I, I, I might live in Vancouver. Okay. I don't know. I feel like I've always wanted to live in Vancouver, but like the older I get, the less I want to live in Vancouver. Because <laughs> I've sort okay. of sort of moved like south instead of north. Um, Number yeah, three. I don't know where the third place would be. I would assume someplace in the States, but maybe kind of fuck that. What if I just had a place in like in like Europe or like you yeah, know where you can drive around around all the European sort of countries and stuff that'd be sick I'd probably be there because mm. like what am I going to do just Europe well I don't know I've, I honestly have never been there man so okay good Kevin if I gave you unlimited budget you get three properties uh, and it has to encompass your car living lifestyle not in every property but where would you go uh, I like I, I honestly like like Gerard said I would probably pick somewhere in like Southeast Asia where it's like hot and tropical and like you know just because that would is different from here and would be a nice change but I also like Gerard said I do think I would like a place here yeah. um, and then I my other choice was somewhere like one of those like Scandinavian countries but that's like definitely not good for for the car scene no they, they like, are dude, yeah. i mean the dudes love no it's just like super expensive and, i mean but, cost no object at this point. I, that's what i mean i guess cost no no object, no, right? no. So, the, no no the property is no object your lifestyle going with it like you don't get to change the laws one of my properties will be the the country of brazil and then i'll just sell that and i'll have infinite money for my hobbies in norway <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you have two pro- yeah all right okay i see you. <laughs> clever answer man i think i would still live in the vancouver area money's no object the problem with living in vancouver is obviously the police you can't change that i feel like if you're but if you have money's no object what the fuck do you do just pay no, for it just all for the pro- just for the property gerard i give you a free property not <laughs> that you're a millionaire you just i give you three free properties so maybe I feel like if you were on the north shore, you'd be a bit a bit a bit better off. So maybe uh-huh. I could live on the north. You'd shore. never want to live on the north shore, man. When's the last time you drove to the north shore? I, live, I go to the Sunday. north shore all the time. Yeah. 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 Twice, How long does it take you to get home? Fuck, it takes forever to get 20, on and off the north shore. Twenty minutes, man. Uh, I would probably do that. I might actually take a property in Tofino, which is crazy. Tofino or Portland. And then maybe one in Europe, like you guys said, but like Italy, somewhere in Italy would be all right. Or mm-hmm. I visited Germany once and I liked Germany a decent amount. And fun fact, Gerard, they got beer in Germany. So I, Jeez, I didn't know that. My 
my uh, friend in Germany the other day, not the other day, but like some time ago, long time. She was like, Oh, I'm taking a beer bath. I'm like, uh, what? And she's like, yeah, a beer bath. I'm like, okay, that sounds fucking gross. But she's like, yeah, it's really awesome. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you do you, man. <laughs> you do. Maybe you'll like a beer bath, Ryan. What about an oatmeal no, bath or a milk Germany. bath or a mustard bath or? Nah. No, nah none of those interesting. I, uh, Renee, I was in home of BMW country. Munich. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was in Munich and it, uh, Munich was great. You can walk around and drink drink on the street and nobody says That's anything. So you could do that in the States, Matt. You could do that literally across the border. You can't walk around with open liquor anywhere. I mean, it's not you legal. Can in, you can in I mean it's not legal. Then you could you could do anything anywhere with that attitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could just murder someone as long as you don't get caught. Um it's legal in uh in I mean Vegas. it's legal in Nevada. Yeah. It's legal in Vegas. And I don't sure, yeah. I don't know if it actually is or if they just turn a blind eye. So someone can write in and tell me. Yeah. But I was told that they just don't do anything about it. Like smoking weed yeah. in Vancouver before it was legal. Like exactly. It's like, look, this is our bread and butter. The strip is the only like place you're allowed to do this. Go nuts. Yeah. Um all right. Well, yeah, but I do think Calgary, if you love cars and don't want to worry about regulations, I think Alberta is the answer. But you only get to enjoy your car half the year. Yeah, exactly. Why yeah, you- but when you do it, you fucking love it. And then you're like the other dudes and you buy like a cool winter car and then you just go winter drift your car, which Gerard loves to do. And then, and then you get Chinook weather and then they name them all after it. I don't know. Dave Vickers will fill us in. He'll tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, we he talked about away. this for like a really long time. We really did. it. We needed to cut out most of it. <laughs> yeah, we did need to. Okay. Um, do we have anything car related we can talk about? <sighs> Actually, I have a question. If you don't have something, I'll have a question. Yeah, question. Uh, when were your glory days for cars? Mm. <laughs> That's a really difficult like the question. Good old days. Because, yeah, but, like, what uh, are the good old days? Because you don't know what the future holds. Oof, that's deep, Gerard, but. What if it's all downhill from here? What if it's, it'll never be as good as it was? Well, then I'll tell you when my glory days were when I'm dying. Well, okay, well. Well, if you had to pick as, something as up till now. Right now. Like, do you think you're living in your glory so then, days that, right now? By that definition, yeah, you should feel that right now is the best it's ever been. And it's only getting better. So then. I mean, uh, when I had my Cressida and we were drifting a bunch and I was building my Cressida. Cause yeah, like I had nothing else going on in my life besides a little bit of serial nine. And like, you go to work, make a bunch of money, buy some parts, build your car, go drifting, press repeat. That's it. Hang out with your friends, go drifting. Basically. I don't know how old I was. I was probably late twenties, early thirties. And, uh, that's what my life was about was like drifting and partying. I don't know. As far as cars wise, that was cool because yeah, but I mean at the same time, the Aristo in like 2019 was like I don't know how much I drifted the Aristo, but it was a lot. And the, the Aristo was like kind of way crazier than the Crested ever was. Yeah. Not to mention I had my own company who like made every single part on the Aristo. And we went to Final Boat, which is like kind of a big deal. And it was in Chicago, which is kind of a big deal. And like we drove there, which is kind of a big deal. 
we drove in Chicago, which is kind of a big deal. So like that was only like three years ago. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. What about you? Um yeah, I like I was kind of talking about that today where there was that time where like I just had the Cressida and was going down and like drifting every two weeks in the States and like it was definitely a like a totally different vibe from from now. Mm-hmm. Um but you know I had I about that time I had one car that was my everything. I had to drive it to the event. I, you know, I had to drive it to work on Monday after drifting mm-hmm. it all weekend. And like, that is, is something as well, but like, it's also kind of cool. Yeah. Having multiple cars, like having a car that's just sitting there that I can go drift whenever I want it and have a different, I have another project I'm working on and, and yeah, like being able to have a vision and then realize it and the, you know, be like i want to make parts for this car and then make them for that car and then have the car it's like definitely like a really cool feeling and it feels like that part of the company and like that part of the car whatever like journey is growing for us it's, it's not like the same stage of hey this one car is my entire life and that mm-hmm. that is that is a really fun time too but like yeah like the future should be exciting as well yeah because like the question's pretty good. The question's interesting too, because like I guess the other question would be like, yeah, where do you see the future of your your car, whatever you want to call it, journey? I guess like what is your dream or your goal for your car journey? And like if you ask like what's the best glory your glory days or whatever, like and maybe you think the future is gonna be them, like why? Like what is it that you think is gonna happen in the future that's gonna make it so dope? That's the other part of the question. Do you have an answer for that? What would make it so dope? I do. I don't know. I'm asking Kevin. I figured. I'd I mean, ask. I feel like I kind of. I feel like I just kind of touched on that, where it's just like, it feels like we're getting to the point of the company where, like, we can be like, this is, you know, we want to make these parts for this vehicle, and like, then, you know, we realize that happening, and it, you know, you see them, and they're right there in front of you, and yeah, it's it's really cool to be able to like pick a vehicle and then develop these parts for that for that vehicle and like that our our development ability has just gone through the roof lately so it's just a really it feels like a really cool exciting time to time to think about new vehicles and and that sort of stuff like it seems like you know maybe things in the past where we're like yo like i want to do this or i have this idea it was like yeah that's that's all well and good but it's not going to go anywhere where now it seems like there are, there is some traction, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I sort of agree, except for the fact with me, I think uh, the biggest sort of like limiting factor to making my car journey sort of realize is money. So I feel like once I have like significantly more money, my car journey is going to end, end time. So like right now uh, for reference, I got three kids they are aged one six and eight so like you know time is a little bit sort of strapped right now and money isn't exactly like the best obviously you're making like decent money but like it's not like i can be like oh i'm gonna have a project of sixty thousand dollars on this like i don't know like honda shuttle build with a k-series or something like that or whatever you know whatever like let's say you have project a 
you're like, oh, I'm going to spend 50 grand on that. And like, it's going to take this amount of time. Like it's going to, for me, I just envision the future as like, I have a project, I have the money, I have the time and I want to just build it. And like, whether that has anything to do with serial nine or not, like in my world, it kind of doesn't because I sort of view serial nine as one thing and like my car building dreams and visions as something else, even though they obviously are totally intertwined. Um, but I do have probably like four or five project cars that I wish I could just build them just like that. Or let's say I had a brand, like I had enough money. I was like, yo, that new Z sick. I'm going to buy that. And I'm just going to like build the shit out of it. And like, you know, six months later, one year later, I got the craziest brand new car possible and I can just drive it. Or just being able to choose any, any car you want to buy as a project car. Like you want an M4, buy it. You want a Lamborghini, buy it. You know what I mean? That would be my sort of like, I've made it, you know? <laughs> Here's the yes. thing though, is that, are those the stories that you would tell? I don't know if we would do a pod, like, yeah, like we would do a podcast and you would probably talk about like how you're building this crazy Zed, but like. I mean, the Zed's like the least like interesting example, right? Like I, have, I just mean what the the meat and potatoes of this is just like you guys coming up and you being like, I overbuilt my fucking turbo line, you know, like the oil lines for my turbo. And mm-hmm. I got stuck on the side of the road in Washington. Like those are in theory your glory days. Like when you were like, we're all we're all saying like uh well actually we're not all saying I haven't said anything in a bit. Um uh, is that well, like what if I'm building a car with my son? That's like yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? My son's building a car like the first day I get thing. to drift with my kid. That's like a huge thing. Way, yeah, way more over surpassing than like you yeah. know, breaking down with my I mean, they're all good too. They're everything's a good story, you know what I mean? But I think glory days are determined by the stories that we tell. And so, like the blue sky story that you guys both said is like you get to kind of do what you want. And that is cool, and there's a lot of content there. But I think like the maybe the things that make you or define you are like the things that you kind of. I agree that yeah, know. maybe maybe the hard you know the hard times are what make you or define you. But like when I don't I'm even think reminiscing, hard times, though, when I, I yeah no, I'm just you know like like you said that story of of the like the turbo drain getting wrecked and we had to like drive back here and get the car and like blah 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 or like you know like we get pulled in at the border and they make us go over this crazy speed bump and like Gerard's bumper rips off and my exhaust rips off and then they're yelling at us we can't stop there and it's like those those are all funny stories and stuff but like when I'm thinking about the good old days and the good times I'm thinking about the good times like those are funny stories and like they're good great memories but they're not like the best of times they're just like something that happened along the way you know what's the best of times i don't know like like i said like when i was traveling around with my car and going to all these drift events and like doing the actual thing that i like to do not the like funny things that like screwed up and prevented me and made made the story funny right 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 the fact that i was ripping on the highway with like 20 drift cars in 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 chicago is definitely like a pretty huge thing you know what i mean yeah that's a huge one um do you know that and and what one thing i will say about that is i had an issue that was plaguing me while that was happening 
and it was super stressful and I wasn't yeah. having fun. Yeah. And like, he was having a totally different time than I was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, you know, in Two the end, that was still an amazing reality. memory and I love it. But like, if I could have done without that part of the story, yeah, yeah, totally would have done it. Yeah. Did it make the whole thing better somehow? No. Not really. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for sure. Uh, does it make a better story, maybe, to tell later? Sure. I'm all I'm all about the stories, boys. Um, <laughs> do you know when you're in it that like you're in a good moment? Do you know that? Yes, hundred percent. I do. Yeah? Like yeah. you know it's the glory days. It's like you like look at it and you're like, yeah. And it like like you take a mental picture like. And it goes in the old memory bank and you remember it. Mm-hmm. I work with people that have that analogy. And that's why I like to use that where it's like, things will never yeah. be this good again. I mean, even, even for example, this winter, like it's, I've, I've never had a modified car, let alone like I've always wanted like a Jay-Z powered modified, like sick ass car to winter drift. And it's like, I had it, I had like, you know, whatever, like a, like a one Jay-Z six speed, pretty crazy Jay-ZX 110 that I literally drove every single day in the winter time. And like, you know, minus 10, minus 20 through the salt drifting it, you know, like in the, in the rain, whatever, like it, it, that's pretty sick too. Like, it's not like the craziest memory. Like it doesn't totally compare to driving my 600 horse drift car in a totally other country. Yeah. And, date with other people but like at the same time like like i've had how many winters have i had 45 winters and i've never had like a super sick car like that to drift in the snow i yeah, love that's snow drifting. uh vancouver doesn't get real what about winter? the verosa is that not modified Rosa was, was automatic totally stock right but yeah i mean it was definitely pretty close honestly the the i feel like i feel like other, uh like knowing when the good old days or like the you know the best times were like i feel that like I, I i maybe it's not as easy for me as it is for gerard but like i do feel like i'm a pretty grateful person so i'm able to appreciate like if something great is happening in front of me i'm fully like appreciating that greatness whether i'm like yo i'm gonna look on back on this forever as being great i don't know if i ever think that in the moment i just try and appreciate the moment i guess but Oh, it's man. not until I look back that I'm like that really if stuck you, out or sti- keep sticking yeah. out or you know. I think it's, so. Go on, go on. Sorry. No, because I was just gonna make fun of you, and it's not worth it. I want you to roll with it. <laughs> go on. I was gonna say it's funny you say that because, like, uh, for example, um, the stereo thing. Like, you know, like you're like, oh, I never had a stereo in my car and stuff. And like for me, it's like part of those experiences is the music, and I have to have that music be part of that experience. And I want, I know like the, you know, like the key factors to making experiences good and like the music is one of them. So that's why it's important for me to have, like I just bought a complete system for the blit, but I was going to say like glory days of cars. Like, honestly, like when I got my exterior, exterior, <laughs> my exterior, <laughs> when it was lifted on the 33s and the, and the wide dude masters. And it was like the first truck I ever had. And I put is the first fully amplified stereo I ever had. And like driving that truck around through 18 inches of snow and stuff was like amazing. Like that truck, like that was like a whole other world. And like I drifted it in the snow because it's like sick. And like you drive through all this shit, you pull out buses with 
chains and like you're just doing all this other cool shit and it's like yeah that's a whole high level experience in its own totally sort of not really to do with cars but it's it's an automotive thing obviously but like sure yeah um so and it's funny because i guess i thought of this because uh 2jz in a guinea uh was asking us like hey like where would be the best point place to live and all that stuff but it's like i don't know where you are is the best place to live really wow yeah but i don't know if much of that matters as much it's kind of like i don't know this is a little bit much but whatever (laughs) um yeah it's like probably you're in your you're probably in your prime right now like doing the things that you love and it seems like there's all these things in your way and you can't fully realize your dream but maybe at the end of the day that those end up being the times that you remember the most i don't know i go through peaks and valleys so i have like the ups and downs and my life is categorized cataloged into like different eras Mm -hmm. but i didn't drive I did media. So like that makes sense. Right. So like, I could be like, well, this is the hot boys era of my life. And then this mm-hmm. is the, like the good vibes era of my life. And this is a serial nine era of my life. Uh, and you probably don't like remember the badge, the boring shit in between, but like, I, I have a very vivid memory of standing on like a fucking cart track in lumsden saskatchewan being like yo it probably won't get much better than this like just being like and that sounds really dumb but i still look back at that and like and i remember that very vividly standing on this cart track after like all of my friends that have now grown up and done different things with their lives have like drifted there and being like this won't last forever and you should cherish the moment while you have it but I don't think everybody has the ability to realize how they're like in, in that when it's happening. And I've had moments that have come after that where I'm like, Oh, this is really great, but it probably won't last forever. And that's why I asked you guys that. Um, So what advice would you give to a younger generation coming up? Oh, as far as like experiences and stuff. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Because I think we had this conversation. We like kind of got into it a little bit in the Young Guns episode with Satoshi, where we're like, hey, you're about to go through some shit and it's going to be amazing. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what advice would you give to like the younger generation coming up about like, I don't know, if you could go back and do it again, I, I, what would you change? What would you acknowledge? What would you do differently? Like, what is. I mean, like, there's... What is the experience? I mean, there's so many... I mean, when you're looking back, you know, like, every mistake is so glaringly obvious, and, you know... I don't know what advice that I give is just, just, just live it, man. Just do... Just do, like, what you're most passionate about and, and do it to the most of your... Because, like, yeah, like, honestly, I guess I'm, I'm older than everybody here. I've been doing this shit probably longer than most people here, but, like, Time is, I don't even know how to describe it, man. Like time is literally the fleeting, the the most of the, fle- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's literally just like 
falling away as we speak and like yeah don't Bad fuck around through the hourglass no i yeah I get yeah it. just don't fuck around just do what you love <laughs> and do it the most that you can because like you, yeah, you can your never fingers. you can never buy time yeah man like you're only 20 once you're only 25 once you're only 28 once whatever the fuck you want to do in that time and like with cars or with with anything just do it man and like there's going to be a time when you know your life's going to be completely different than 10 years ago or five years ago or two years ago and like you aren't going to be able to do that stuff anymore the same way like you you know i still ride motorcycles i still drive cars whatever but like me going motorcycle i haven't in a long time yeah so even then you'll say you do a thing that you don't do any (laughs) anyway come on (laughs) um I just had a kid. Is there's no time? I don't like, want you, know, you to road, ride your mi- motorcycle. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm saying is, yeah, I don't like want us, you to your motorcycle. <laughs> us going drifting now, regardless if it's the same as before, like going through the motions, it's not not the same as going drifting when you're 20, whatever wow. years old. It's totally not the same. You yeah. don't. You didn't stay up the entire night before putting fucking valves in your Jay Z. You didn't fire it up at three in the morning and do donuts in your cul-de-sac. You didn't like not sleep and like drink a bunch of fucking Red Bull or something just to get to the track. You didn't get to the track late and like lace the track like a fucking G. And then everyone's just like, "Oh, what is that? What kind of car is that?" You know, like that shit doesn't happen again. You just do the best you can at all times or whatever. I don't know. That's it. Yeah. Because that's the kind of the thing. It's like I, I feel like the 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 question at hand, and not to to like criticize to Jay Z Nagini, because uh, I'm not. But I do think it's interesting because it is a different generation, and it's like maybe like all the struggles that you have ahead of you that you feel like are struggles are probably part of the thing that you're gonna remember. Is like in the end. If you're young and you're building a car in Vancouver, your story might actually be like the cops were like, yo, you can't fucking do this. And you're like, yo, fucking try me because I'm about to. I'm about mm-hmm. to. And like, and it's like, and then I got a ticket. And I had to fix it all. Or I didn't. I got away with it, you know? But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know if I would would trade any of the like any of it for anything else i guess and i think it probably the, the friends you made along the way is what our, our friend eric which eric weber would say but uh yeah i don't know i think it's just a very interesting thing i i, I do think that it is important actually you know what i i was going to say um ben from australia that has written us in with questions and one of his questions was uh about like how do you stay motivated if you remember that episode mm-hmm. like and he's working on his car putting in the new transmission and on like a new kit and he's like well on like i mean look he's got an event coming up uh and he knew he had to do it but like he's well on his way to having that car ready to go and it looks it's like getting there it looks pretty cool and i'm fucking stoked for that so i think it's cool to have people like I don't think we affected it, but maybe we did. And maybe I'll lay my head on my pillow tonight and think that we did. <laughs> uh, that like, yeah, he's like fully building his, like his dream. Also that guy's probably in his glory days right now mm-hmm. and not even knowing it. I mean, it feels like you're going to remember that though. You know what I mean? Like when you have that goal and you're trying to work towards it and like, you finally like yeah. see your goal realized and like get there. That's, that yeah. that feeling of, of of accomplishment will last forever. 
don't know. I think it's cool to like uh, <clears throat> check in with people. Like even two Jay Z and a Guinea's in the middle of doing something really fucking cool. Uh-huh. And it's I don't know. I think like yeah, all these dudes are like fully in it right now. I'm a little bit jealous, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I wish I was in my glory days. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, even for me these days, it's like trying to work on my car, period. It's like, it, it's, it's extremely difficult. And, and back then working on your car is just something you do. Like you're going to go to work after work, you probably work on your car on the weekend. You probably work on your car. The only time you stop working on your car is when you want to go hang out with your homies party or drive your car. So like, you know what I mean? It was just like, not a thing. You just do it. Right. Like, it's yeah. not like you have to like make the time or take a chunk of or or swap that time with some other shit that like is important too. But like you're like, well, no, 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 my car is more important today than you know, whatever the other thing may be. It's like enjoy it, man. I don't know how to word this. So I'm gonna try. Word it, bud. Word you are you aware? This is gonna sound like a major fucking tire pump, so I apologize <clears throat> in advance. Are you aware of the legacy that you've left on your local car scene? Like both of you, specifically, both of you. Do you have any semblance of knowing like the impact that you made or do you even think about that? Does that cross your mind? I kind of always haven't made it. I kind of always thought of it. Like, I guess I would be more, not more, but like I've thought about it more and I'm more aware of it or I wish that I would have an impact on like the sedan style and sedan drifting style of the scene, the whole car scene versus just the local car scene. I don't know how much I've impact, how, how much impact I've had or we've had on the local scene. Um, but I would like to believe that we had some sort of impact on, you know, Cressida's ISs, GSs, all that sort of like drifting scene. Because that's that's just been our shtick since literally the beginning before any of it was a thing. So that's what I would like to believe if we had an impact on. Yeah, I was gonna say like I don't think about it very often. It's not like something that I'm thinking about. But I know Gerard and I have had talks in the past where we're you know we're, and I I swear we even said it on the podcast where it's just like you know, you remember seeing that dope car as a kid that like mm-hmm. did that huge burnout and like you know and then like maybe now you want to be that guy who like can set that spark for other people or like i remember um like when city tech had their their opening party they were like yeah man like we you know when we came to the block party like that inspired us and we always wanted to kind of have our own event like that and like you know, I remember people coming up to me and being like, oh, my God, like, I remember seeing, like, your crazy, like, rotary car driving around in Richmond and, like, it was literally scraping the ground. And, like, that's cool. Like, that made me want to, like, build a car or, like, so, like, you know, I've, <clears throat> I feel like, like I, never I, had I that. sometimes I hear the stories about, like, oh, oh yeah, Gerard, I, saw you at, had that. I saw you at Market Crossing and you're getting that VI and, like, throwing stickers out the sunroof or what, you know, there's there's been a bunch of times like that where it's, like, someone mentioned something that I did in the past where I'm never thinking about, like, Oh yeah, there are other people in the world, you know, like experiencing this <laughs> event as well. Like I'm just like yeah, living yeah, it yeah, through yeah. my own lens, you know. Move along, peasant. No, so not, like, it's not it's not I'm, even like that. Yeah. It's mind-blowing to me that I've been in Vancouver long enough that I was at the event where you were throwing 
stickers out your like sunroof. I came and talked to you when you were getting your VI. Anyway. And Kevin um, said, move along, peasant. <laughs> no, I don't think Kevin, like, uh, I have a much better understanding of Kevin now than I did then, but I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I was like, ha, oh, we're going to be friends someday. Doesn't matter what you <laughs> just think. You wait. You would, yeah, just you wait. This comment would be very hilarious if we were actually friends, but we're not yet. <laughs> Um, what was the comment? Uh, it's not as funny. You had I uh, had just made like uh, you were being very gracious. You had just made a post about like reaching a certain amount of followers on Instagram. Yeah, and I had walked up to. For those that don't know, I have a very weird memory, and I rem- these are the things that I remember. I don't remember wins. I remember losses, <laughs> and I remember walking up to you and being like. If you were like, essentially, I was like, if you were gracious for that, you're about to like, you're going to be a real big deal right now. And you're like, yeah. And I was like, all right, he doesn't care. But I was like, I essentially said like, you're about to blow up because like, (laughs) there's a crowd of people around you. You're getting a VI for being like this dope fucking car with this like crazy wheel fitment. We weren't friends yet. It wasn't as funny. Yeah, what I was, what I was. (laughs) saying is i don't think i had that notoriety locally oh shut up i remember approaching you and being like i don't know what to do about my front grill and you're like cool and then you drove away so in what car you were in your aristo we were Uh in richmond it wasn't actually that bad you were very you were very polite but i was (laughs) like hey maybe you can help me with this i think i've realized i had the benefit of uh this is a, a tire deflate which is what i not usually do of uh not knowing your guys's impact on the scene so i think maybe i approached you people i approached you as if you were a regular person which you are but in the Carmel, people a different, thing, a different <laughs> thing and i was like i needed your help with like my front grill now yeah. in hindsight that's a dumb fucking thing to ask gerard i need like help with like wheel fitment and my suspension and like all the components that make the car actually work and you were just kind of like yeah you're not super into it but then i was like oh we'll be friends someday gerard you'll see (laughs) we'll do podcasts (laughs) you can't escape me and then we'll have glory days together yeah um i I do remember like back in the day though like when i had my civic and when i had my yellow cressida uh, I mean, these are so long, long time ago, but like, I remember people being like, yo, I remember that yellow crescent. Like it was crazy. Or even like when I had my single cam civic, everyone thought it was like, like a type R motor or some shit, just because I drove the living hell out of it. Every single time I hopped in, it was like 4,000 RPM or above, like super hard shifting always, you know what I mean? Like you just drove it like it was a race car. So anybody that heard it, would think it it was like the craziest thing ever meanwhile it's like stock with like a bunch of chinese bolt-ons and uh but yeah like there were always people like oh you know like what do you have under the hood of that thing and you're like yeah like an intake (laughs) and like some (laughs) some headers are like 20 bucks and like don't fit and like but yeah i i don't know how to like intricately weave this into the episode but like it's um i've done my research now after accosting you guys and thinking that you were normal people in a parking lot. <laughs> I, was, I was wrong. 
Uh, anyone, st- anyone standing around talking about cars in a parking lot is probably not a very normal person. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, that is very fair. But then it's a whole world onto itself. And it's like, yeah. no, I, I think from my understanding, you guys had a giant impact on the, uh, on the local, local car scene. I think that there's probably generations of people that you've impacted that you don't even probably fully fathom. That's pretty cool, man. Because like like Kevin said, that I, I I was that kid or that person, that you know, young person at one point that got inspired by whatever car it may be, and just yeah. thought like, you know, those people like it's not like you idolize them, but like you idolize that sort of image of like being that person with that car, you know. Well, you get to see that person in their glory days to bring you. Yeah, that's probably what and it you're is, like, yeah. and you're like that person's fully living the thing that I aspire to be. I uh, believe the sentiment that you guys are trying to encapsulate when you say like kids seeing a car, uh, Sean Carter, husband of Beyonce Knowles, uh, Jay-Z has a line in one of his songs where it's like kids on the corner screaming, that's my car. So it's like when you drive through the neighborhood and the kids are like fucking ant on their, on your Acura legend and they're like, yo, I'm yeah. going to have that one day. And that's fully, fully mm-hmm. the scenario. Actually, that's a fun question. I know, Gerard, your answer to this is you grew up in a small town in Manitoba, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the question, but yes, I did grow up. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, that was the question I, right there. <laughs> Kevin, did you grow up in a small town in Manitoba? No. Uh, and you you had in the past mentioned that there was a dude that had like two really cool like muscle hot rods. Hot rods, yeah. Hot rods that would like roll out and you would go check them out. But when you were a kid and you were on the corner screaming, that's my car, what were you screaming at? What were, what was the things that were like? Man, lots of stuff. But I mean, honestly, I love Trans Ams because Trans, like the Trans Am with the, with the, like the Firebird on the hood. And at that time, that car was brand new. So it was like black with the gold and the crazy snowflake wheels and the spoiler and all that like pinstriping stuff. That car was wild, man. Like back then, and uh, all right, I, I gotta stop you right there because I got this great tie-in. I saw a photo of a Porsche Taycan that had that like livery on it of like the what? Firebird, like the yeah, and and I like screenshotted it and I was like gonna send it to you, and I'm like, no, I made this up in a in a fever dream. That's not what Gerard's about. But now you've just reminded me that that is fully what you're about. And I was like, yeah, I was going to send that to him <laughs> for a reason. So past and future combined. Uh, anyway, sorry. So you love Trans Ams. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was it. And I remember because like I grew up with my grandma and we'd be walking around. I'd be like, hey, grandma, like that's the car. Like, And she always said like the back end, like, you know, it has the spoiler that's like, and in Filipino, it's, it's a word she said, like, that means like it's kind of going like this like like the spoiler i can't like describe that in in english like what is that face like your your lips are kind of like fish mouth or something yeah your lips are kind of pursed and like the spoiler kind of looks like it's like doing that like because it's like a duck bill yeah it's like a full duck bill yeah basically (laughs) it's a duck bill that's what it looks like right yeah he would always say that in filipino i was like no grandma it's like really cool and she's like it's only two doors and i'm like yeah, but it's sick. You know what I mean? And like, I, like there's not even a lot oh, of buttons on. in there, Gerard. 
hang on whoa 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 you're you were into two doors and your grandma was like no you'll like four doors <laughs> yeah probably listen to Listen, young man Gerard, there's not enough real estate yeah. in that two door. Yeah. He's like, how are you going to fit people in there? In there? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't care about people. I just want to drive that car. And then now you do. And then you don't yeah. care about coops as much. Yeah. Kevin. And, uh, okay. Sorry, Gerard. Keep going. Oh, just one more thing to add is like, honestly, like yeah, at that time too, I was so young. Like uh, when we would vacation in, in, in the summers in Winnipeg, like I said before, we were right beside a body shop and I'd see all these ridiculous cars coming out. But honestly, I didn't really know what they were. They just looked so nuts. And like, they had all this crazy paint engine sticking out, but like, I couldn't tell you if one was like a Chevy two or like whatever back then. So like, you couldn't really ask me. All I knew was the Trans Am and it was like a new car that you would see the same car kind of often. So that that's why I like the Trans Am. Anyways. I would like to get a psychologist on the show to figure out why you sh- like what point made you actually like there's probably a simple answer but i like to think that it's a complicated answer to be like you shifted from like two doors to like <laughs> station wagons because <laughs> the truth that i've actually found over talking and doing this is that mm-hmm. You like station wagons more than you like sedans. Okay, but you, you know what? You are the sedan king, but... Yeah. It's just, it's bigger. It's got an extra door. But also... More door. It's a sedan guy, with another door. <laughs> the guy <laughs> in my town, the two cars that he had, one was a Nomad, which is a station wagon. So it's right, a 57 right, okay. Chevy station wagon. So one of them was that, and then he had the other thing, which I think was a Nova. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, my brother's best friend growing up, his dad had a Nomad. He still does, I think. Yeah. And I don't love station wagons. Who hurt you, Gerard? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, just Kevin. for some reason they're cool. Uh, no, I, I kind of got to agree with Gerard. It's like, back in the day at that age, I, I couldn't have told you what any of the cars were. I just probably liked them because they didn't look like every other car on the road, mm-hmm. you know? That also makes that that fully checks out as a full Kevin answer. I mean, anyway, in my mind, do you have like a memory of a first one that where you're like, "That's my car"? I no, I honestly I couldn't I couldn't tell you. Like, oh really? Jeez. I'll answer this question myself. Ooh. All right, please um, do. My brother had a barbecue when I was like eleven or twelve, and all these like first generation in Regina, Saskatchewan import car tuner dudes showed up and there's a line of cars. I didn't say Integra. No, no, no. There's an Integra there for sure. GSR. It's on 17s. Never. I've never seen anything like that. There's a Del Sol there. No, sorry. At that time it wasn't a Del Sol. It was a, uh, no, it was just like a hatch. Uh, Okay. EG hatch. 93 hatch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a Mazda MX-3 there. And this is a thing that's very funny. People on this podcast don't understand. I didn't drive a Mazda 3. I drove a Mazda MX-3 as my first car, which is a Presidia. And so one of my first cars was one of the cars in that lineup was there was, you know, it was like uh, at this barbecue, there was a Mazda MX-3. I tried to get a four-door Civic. It didn't work out for me. So I bought a Mazda MX-3. And that was the first car that I built. But yeah, like I think the more now that I've been drinking. 
and I think about it. Uh, that of that event probably was the moment where I remember being like, oh yeah, like sitting there and being like, that car's dope, that car's dope, that car's dope. And then it kind of makes sense that the first car that I chose to drive and modify was a Mazda Presidio <laughs> with a V6 engine in it. What a waste of time it was. But anyway, uh, I did sorry, that. Man, that was good time, man. Is that what you, would you told yourself that if you went back? Fuck. I don't know, man. If I could go back and, you know, like, ah. see, Kevin, you got it right. Like if I could go back and tell myself, I'd be like, Hey, dumbass, don't spend that much money on like a 92 or 93 Mazda Presidia MX3 V6. Buy an 8.6, like buy a Toyota 8.6 and put like right, like just really wide wheels on it and lower it. And it's like, nobody will know about, like, nobody will know what you're on right now, but like <laughs> in 10 years, you'll be a fucking hero. And it's like, ah, you don't know those things, right? So you buy, you buy a weird car and you put big wheels on it and a kit, a body kit. Paint Was that the one you had the TSWs on? Yeah, I had TSWs on that car. <laughs> you don't have any photos of that thing, do you? I could find some. My parents have photos of it. That was before, like, digital photos. Yeah, my parents have photos of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a photo <laughs> album. I, know. I had to submit photos of that car to get into, like, a, not a hot import night. But it was, like, a car show in Saskatoon. I had to, like, submit I, photos I, of it. I wish I had photos. I don't know where they are now, but I wish I had photos of my my Capri, my Pinto, and all those other cars that I used to have. I, I'm sure they're somewhere, but like, I was just the worst at keeping like physical photos. I never had photo albums or any stuff like that. So, yeah, they're all probably fucking gone. Cortina wagon, all that stuff. It's actually really funny to think back to like 18 year old me or like 19 year old me with like an actual film, like SLR camera, being like. I'll just take these photos to get into this car show and like, ah, that's not the way your life's going to go. Like you're going to be mostly interested in taking those photos. And like, <laughs> about, but had I known, I would have taken better photos. <laughs> Kevin, you don't have like a, a, a car that you saw that like really like lit the fire uh i mean it, it was definitely like later on and i was like fully into cars but uh, like the the viper was like definitely like the the car oh, where i was definitely obsessed with that car for a while like we've always always wanted one yeah you should get one how now, could man. you not yeah i feel like it's one of those things where you like don't meet your idols maybe you know i mean a lot of people are super into vipers still it's kind of weird like uh I mean, it has to probably be the latest one, but like, I think, I think they're probably pretty sick, man. Yeah, I mean, they're, I, they, they're, they're definitely probably pretty sick. And like, even like, I don't know, you still, whenever I see one, I still get like kind of excited about it. I'm like, whoa, like, like they're still like a, a fairly rare thing. <laughs> like I see way less Vipers than I, than I do like any Lamborghini. McLaren, anything. And, yeah, like, like exactly. Like. Yeah. And a Viper is basically borderline kind of like a hot rod anyways. Like yeah, exactly. Big, you, know, like, you know that guy is kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, like... But also, you know, yeah, a little like, bit, yeah, a little like... Yeah, like as far as... Loose. Go on, I was going to say that um, Gordon was super into them or is super into them. Yeah. And I feel that he was looking a while back and they were like like, like 50K or so. 
I mean, at this point, they're probably super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like <laughs> in the, in the realm of like quote unquote supercars or whatever you want to call it car, that car is definitely like, like the, you know, shirts, t-shirt rolled up sleeves, like cigarette pack outlaw of the fucking supercar world. You know what I mean? It's yeah, brash it even and kind a supercar? of like car. I wouldn't even call it a supercar, but it's yeah, not, I, mean, I, whatever, supercar I mean, I mean, it feels like it could hang with supercars though. So yeah, like if you could call a fucking any one NSX a supercar, a Viper most definitely is a supercar. I mean, I'm talking like a newer one. I mean, the original one, I'm sure it was designed to hang with supercars, but I think in reality, you just did donuts and wipeouts. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think the original <laughs> one was built out of like, they just went to the bins and were like, what do we got left that we can build like a cool car? Yeah. But I mean, there, there was like the, you know, the Viper ACR and all that stuff, the later yeah. model stuff that was actually like probably yeah. pretty sick. I can't believe they made a whole show based on the fact of a Viper. Like it was like, it was I mean, there's still, Viper. I mean, there's like Airwolf and all those other weird shows, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but that makes sense. Update, it's like. fucking a uh, fucking helicopter. Air <laughs> Viper is. A viper. It's a car <laughs> like, that tra- it transforms, bro. It's basically a kit for the new generation, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't a robot. Like they were like, mm, it doesn't have robot capability. It didn't have robot. That's what made it more realistic, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except that it transformed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World wasn't the voice of the computer, so it's more believable. All of a <laughs> They should just put Topanga on it. I, I. I didn't follow him, but I did see this dude on Instagram has like a complete, I think he's Canadian too. He has a completely like functional uh, replica of like kit. And that's his like shtick is it's like, you know, the car talks. It's got the like yoke steering wheel. It's got all the like buttons and shit on the dash. And like the, you know, does it like in the, I feel like there's a ton of those. Of replicas. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like this one's also like IG famous, like kind of maybe it's like pretty nice and like modified and stuff versus like okay, Falcon GT. Well, buddy. Some, well one thing I was gonna say about the whole like glory days and, and getting old and stuff, it's like, like when do you know or think that you're kind of like over the hill, or like Ooh. is that is that a thing? You know what I mean? Yes, yes, it is. Because like, so what do you do when you're over the hill? But but are you because like a lot of the guys who let's take Langley for example with all the hot rod guys and stuff like all those guys are super old but like they're all yeah. super like a lot of them are really 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 super into cars and like have crazy crazy cars and so are they over the hill or are they just are they the anomaly where like they don't get there is no, no. hill they're just that's actually a really good question Gerard because I was kind of thinking for example like us like. You know, you're talking about the glory days. Yeah, we used to go drifting, blah, 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 this and that. And it's like, like, are you still relevant because you have a business or are you still relevant because you're like still into cars and build sick shit? Or are you irrelevant? Like, like when do we become irrelevant? Like, like what, what are, what are you still doing, Gerard? Like after you've, you know, built these Cressidas and these Aristos, but like, what do you do every day now? You just drive your SUV and like, you know what I mean? That's kind of why it yeah. was like a big deal for me to drive the Blit all winter and go snow drifting in it because it's like, I think that's sick, but also it still keeps me in tune with the fact that I'm a huge car guy. And like, if I didn't do that, I would feel like, yeah, like that drug addict part where it's like, you know, something's actually missing. Right, it's right. like, you don't have that, 
that thing anymore. No, I mean, if I didn't take photos or make videos of car related things or talk about cars, I would probably be a very, very sad person. So, but that is, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a deep dive here and maybe I'm wrong. I could be, I'm always wrong. Um, Maybe it's different. They exist. Muscle car guys exist out of like the Langley guys that Gerard is describing are like the muscle car guys that are probably in their fifties or sixties or seventies. And they exist outside of a time of like social media and the sense of relevance probably doesn't weigh on them as, as much. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And maybe they're just doing their own thing. They don't probably have an Instagram account dedicated to their car or their business or care about how many uh, views they get on a story or how many likes they get or what's happening. But like, and they're probably better for it because like relevance based on interaction with other people. Engagement. Engagement. Yeah. Yeah. But you could probably take, I don't know, five to 10 of those crazy cars or those dudes with crazy cars, make an Instagram account and like half the world would probably be like, yo, that thing's ridiculous or like anything related to that car. Yeah, yeah. Except Just for one... the wheels. Because I, no, I, mean, some... I heard a funny term and it was called boomer wheels. Yeah, I had this one customer back when I was at Mopac Gym and like the craziest car, I think it was a 55 Chevy or whatever, but like he had just bought every single possible thing you could build. And his, he had this like crazy big block engine, something, you know, 671 or 871 blower on the top, like everything you could buy. And I think it made like 1300 horsepower. And like he was buying axles, diffs and shocks and links and back half kits. And, and the thing was ridiculous never taken it to the track, just like a super, super crazy car. You take it up to the Langley drive, the Langley cruising or whatever, but like <laughs> anybody in the world that would see that car and the attention to detail, I mean, he's probably been building it for 15 years, but like they would just be like floored at, you know, like that, how crazy that car is or like the attention to detail or the parts it has or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, this actually brought up a point that I was thinking about and I'm, I, I'm glad you said this because it reminded me. Um, So we are at this point where we've talked about it at length, where like these cars that we adore are becoming more and more expensive. Um, And it was funny because our friend, mutual friend, Carter Jackson was listening to an episode and Mm -hmm. he messaged me and he was like, just weld your diff. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to buy like the proper part and do it properly because like I'm not playing with what is valued as a $8,000 car anymore. Now I'm playing with what is valued at like a $20,000 car. And that got me thinking. It was like, it seems really weird to be spending like shit money. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think at this point, and Gerard, you made a very excellent point in an episode, probably like five episodes ago, where you're like, everything I do on a car now almost feels like an investment. 
where you're like, oh, like nobody ever recognized this shit that I did. Like I put like suspension in and, and you know, you'd go to sell a car and people would be like, everybody knows if you build a car, that's just, you're throwing away money. Like you're only yeah. going to get the value, but it was like, no, we don't live in that world anymore. Right. Like, like everything has inherent value or whatever <clears throat> subjective value. And it got me thinking, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or think differently, but when Carter was like, just weld the diff. And I was like, no, like I don't do anything with this car, but it feels weird now to be like, I would just weld the diff in like a $25,000 car or whatever. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. no, it feels like I should actually put the money into the parts to properly build this car. Like, it seems, I guess what I'm saying, like, is now the time to actually be investing in car parts, like, as a guy that has... Yeah, I mean, that's definitely not a bad... It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's the worst investment. Yeah, uh, like, I'm in a lot of groups, and this is uh, not attached to you guys, but, like, I've seen people, and they say a lot of nice things about Serial 9 parts, and it's like... Hey, I want to do this and this and this to the car. And it's like, yeah, serial nine, like serial nine, serial nine. And it's like, uh, and is it fair to say that you guys are, you're kind of like the, the boutique brand of things, yeah. right? Like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it's like that now to me, unless I'm very off base with everything, like George, you and I were even talking about like intercoolers for my car the other yeah, day. Yeah. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, and it's like, where is the line? Because now everything feels a little bit more like an investment and you're not used to that. Like, it used to be okay to be like, Megan, Megan, however you say it. Yeah, that's just it. Like we were yeah. just talking about an intercooler that I saw on Facebook Marketplace from a dude partying on an Aristo. And it's like, it looked like a fairly no-name intercooler. It had like steel piping. You know, it wasn't great, but it was like 200 bucks. And like, yeah, in the past, maybe that would have been a good idea because it's like, yeah, I got the, I have a front of my intercooler. And like, it just sort of brings me back to like when you get a car from Japan and like it has the boxes checked, but like you kind of wish those boxes weren't checked because it's just kind of a piece of shit. And like, you still have to buy the part anyways. Like, so what it has an intercooler, it's a crappy intercooler. The work was bad. You don't want to keep any of the piping. So like, you're basically buying an intercooler anyways. But like, oh, sick, it came with the intercooler, you know what I mean? So it's like, like you said, like, okay, the Grady kit was, say, $1,000. And like, when you go to sell that car previously, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's got a front mount. Don't care if it's Grady. Don't care if it's Blitz. Don't really care about it. But does it have a front mount? But now it's like, well, I have a Grady intercooler on this and specific, you know, JZS 161 intercooler. Bolts right in. Real nice kit. Everything fits. And that's worth something to the next guy. Huh. And it's worth something because it's a quality, well, quote unquote, quality part. It's it's a fitting part. It's not butchered. And like, be like, yeah, like if you don't believe me, like you buy the intercooler. And it's like, well, fuck now, this guy's going to have to spend $1,300. But like, you're basically <laughs> getting like seven, $700 to $1,000 worth of value for that intercooler. Yeah. So... It's like an addition I, on your house almost. Yeah, I yeah. even think about it now too. It's like we publicly talked about this, how I thought I had an R154, but I have a W58. Yeah. And even then I'm like, that's probably not 
a great, you know, it's like, oh man, could you imagine like I post that car for sale? I'm not, but I do. And then you mm-hmm. have to be like, it has a W8, W58 transmission. And then I have to like defend the fact that this car has a W58 transmission. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For this like weird, like, I'm like now asking, we'll say I'm not, but hypothetically asking like, Twenty-five thousand or thirty thousand dollars for this car, and people were like, "I never pay that for a W58 transmission." Yeah, it's like, exactly. ah, if it had an R154 or a CD009 or whatever, it's like people probably wouldn't question that as much. They'd be like, "Yeah, sick, cool." And yeah, the weird thing that we've gone. People through. also just find any excuse to try and devalue what you're selling. Yeah. yeah. Be like, oh, it's the blue color. Like, no, nah, man. Like, you know, like if it was white, I would have paid that money, but it's, it's, it's not, you know. It's like, <laughs> you were never paying for anything, buddy. Like, yeah, yeah. You were yeah. just, I mean, you're kicking tires. I, I do feel like, yeah, maybe the the W58 ness devalues the five speedness of your car. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's thick, but, you know, just like that. Other dude, when he, to swallow. <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> But like when he brought, like uh, we had a customer bring over a six-speed Supra. And uh, so he gets it here and he's all stoked. And then he blows the tranny after three days. And it's like, what happened? And we look and it's a J160. So yeah, it was a six-speed, but it was like the absolute smallest transmission Toyota makes behind the biggest engine Toyota makes. So it, it was basically, you know, and then we look back on auctions of the same car and it used to be auto and it was swapped obviously hastily and cheaply. So like, I would have just rather taken that car as an auto Supra when it got here, like, cause the transmission swap did absolutely nothing for the value of the car. It's like, it's a very funny thing. And I know we kind of went through this, but as in America, everything is on a bigger scale and it feels like they're kind of going through that right now with all their right-hand drive imports. Mm-hmm. Buy this car, but it's super like clapped out and you don't know. And it's like, same with Danny's car too. It's like a chaser, you know, original JZX would fetch a huge amount of money, but like, yeah, now it's, now it's manual. It's five speed swap. Same thing. It's a W58. It's also the soar box. So it's got the wrong like extension on the, on the shifter and like, yeah, it works. Yeah. It's thick. Yeah. You can drive it. Yeah. You can clutch kick it, but it's like, it wasn't done by us. And I can't say it's the best job ever nor is it the correct tranny. So it's like, kind of probably would have just rather, I mean, if I was buying the car, bought it as an auto. And done it yourself. Done it myself. Yeah, what a weird time to be living in where like, we can, uh, you can write off putting in like quality parts in a car. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever, I think it feels like, I don't know. Yeah. That was my takeaway from this week where I was just like, ah, so, I'm hesitant to do cheap things to my car. I'd rather like take the time. Well, also it's it. like, you know, like the end goal isn't so you can cut donuts and stuff. It's like getting, getting a welded into your car isn't the most important thing. You don't need the diff, the fastest, the cheapest you can, you don't need it for next week, you know? No, it's like you might as well just save up and like do it nicely and do it properly says something that's going to be nice to drive on the street which is where you drive the car like yeah exactly which is how i feel about it but weird times i don't know yeah and uh yeah like for example building the blit like as a street car 
there are a lot of nuances and like, yeah, you're building the thing. Like you, I didn't buy a JZX one and put an R154, which probably would, you know, net you a pretty nice car as if Toyota built it. But like, since we are building it from scratch, you know, it used to be a GX. Now it has a six speed. It has, you know, this and that, like it had the small sway bars. Now it has, you know, you got to do the sway bars. You got to do the steering rack. You got to do all this stuff to like, to make it proper. And I feel like, a lot of people, when they build cars, they don't care. They just slap all the parts in whatever and like whether it works or not, or whether it's like a good car to drive or whether or not like it like gives you the feeling in which. But also if you've never driven a JZX and you buy a GX that has it swapped, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, and also maybe you're not a nuanced person, like, like a, like a super anal guy like Gerard, Gerard. <laughs> who like notices every little thing. There's like, yeah, this car's sick. It rips. It's got a one J like sick. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it doesn't actually feel that great. Like, see, but I think this is what I I don't know, but I feel like we're going to be in a territory where people are buying the final product and not the the accumulation every of everything, but they'll be buying the final product. So now, if you tell me, obviously, I have a giant bias because I have a proximity to you guys, but if you're like. Hey, I got this blit for sale and it's got a six speed, but it also I've swapped X, Y, and Z. So it's in mm-hmm. line with this mm. and it has a one J in it attached to blah, blah, blah. And it has this diff. And I'm, how do you know if you're over the hill? I mean, if you're just not doing car stuff anymore, man, or you're not doing. Do you think that's what it is? I don't know if that's what it is. I continually feel like I'm over the hill. Well, when people don't follow you on Instagram anymore. (laughs) That's my problem. Uh, Is that a measure though, then? Is that like, because that's an interesting thing on its own, is that we're using other people to tell us where we are, which isn't a bad way to measure things. I feel like it's just like, maybe it becomes uninteresting to those people. um, Because, I mean, depends on what they followed you for, but I assume in the car world, they're following you because you had certain types of cars and certain levels of builds. But like if, you know, your your page transitions from like sick, super crazy car builds to like, you know, your two-year-old or your, your newborn kid and like puppies and like nature shots, you're probably going to get unfollowed. So I don't know right. if that means you're irrelevant, but you're probably irrelevant in the car world. You know what I mean? So it's funny because Dota Logic, the that page has a harder time growing than my per, than like me as an individual, which I think is actually directly linked to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So Dota Logic is not linked to the podcast, but Ryan Bennell is. Yeah, it's like people are more interested in the person mm-hmm. that talks to you, that that talks on this podcast than they are in the what that person outputs into car media yeah which is fair like it's all about access like I, you know, well that's the only thing too that's the other thing too there's no there's no person it's not personable that's like you following like diesel or like you following like gucci who the fuck is gucci gucci's nobody who, but who, people follow who? them no of course but it's because they're interested in the stuff but like if you could follow like the head guy of Gucci, or if you could follow, you know, instead of Thomas Ford, the brand, you're following Thomas Ford and you see how much of a weirdo he is or something, you know, something similar to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
like how he creates if you get to see behind yeah. the closed doors yeah because like uh, yeah it's the corporate versus the the creator you know what i mean yeah that's an interesting thought does that determine if you're over the hill though i don't know because then that doesn't apply to the Langley guys that we said, like this. Exactly, because they weren't they were even on the hill according to Instagram. Right. So, man, that's a lot to unpack that I can't even wrap my. Maybe head it's just up. like if you just don't really do car stuff anymore, man. Like if for for those for those car guys, the Langley, you know, like non ID yeah. rod guys, like maybe they sold off their cool car, and maybe they, you know, they just. It's kind of one of those things where, like, if you met that dude, like, maybe it's your kid's dad or, like, or your friend's dad or something like that. But, like, somehow you just don't even know he's into cars until that one day when he's washing his, like, $200,000, 1,300-horsepower 1955 Chevy. And you're like, yo, like, you have this thing? And he's like, yeah, man, like, I've had this for 30 years. And you're just like, yeah, whoa, like... But yeah, he doesn't go to the Langley cruising anymore, or he doesn't go do burnouts at the you know, he doesn't take it to the track anymore. Like, it's just like maybe, a there's a lot here to like think about. Like, maybe the Langley cruising was their version of Instagram, you know? Yeah, like, maybe that's yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, it definitely is like because every year you'd bring the crazier and crazier cars, like that's how you'd see it. There used to be another party, I can't remember what it was called, man, but like. Uh, I went to it a couple of times, but it was like an invitational hot rod, huge barbecue in Langley. Um, and like the, the who's who and the what's what would, would, would all be there and they'd bring their cars. And it was like, wild, dude, this was when I worked at Mopac and I was into like yeah. real hot rods and I would do work for like these people and they would debut cars there and all sorts of stuff. And it was like, you know, that was like you said, their version of Instagram or their version of like you know man i kind of wish kevin's computer didn't die because the question is who's going to do that for us <laughs> you know like at the end of the day because anyone listening to this would be like oh maybe gerard's only concerned in like instagram followers and i can assure people that's not the case mm -hmm. i think that's the game but i don't think that's the case uh who is going like you said it was like a who's who of the barbecue you know like there's this barbecue and it's a who's mm -hmm. who of the hot rod scene who's going to do that for us realistically gerard and kevin who's not here anymore because yeah. his computer died our culture jesus our culture currently isn't set up to like uh carry on after you become irrelevant on the internet say the beginning part again our car culture that you and i exist in yeah currently isn't set up to exist after you become irrelevant on the internet mm -hmm. right like there isn't a local thing that means anything as much as Instagram. social currency of instagram or yeah TikTok. tiktok or whatever yeah exactly yeah because there's nothing i mean I, I do think we're part of like the u.s scene like we definitely are part of like the seattle scene and stuff and 
Well, we haven't well, been for two years. No, but I mean, like, I think generally in the grand scheme of things we are. So, like, when I brought my car to Wegfest, I felt that was a pretty big deal. Because, like, I've been to that show a bunch. I respect the people that put it on. I respect the, like, judges. And I respect the level of car builds that exist at that show. And for me to bring my car there and do well, I felt like it was a pretty good measure of, you know, whatever that car was, because it's like, they know they, you know, that show exists in many different uh, cities in the States. And generally it's like the creme de la creme cars. So it's like, if your car goes there and like does pretty well in the grand scheme of cars, in you know the united states it, it's it's probably you know within the top 30 percent of something you know what i mean right right whatever whatever right. that may mean to you but here's the thing gerard that was at this point four years ago five years ago yeah exactly like, that's a wild thing. I posted a thing on Instagram from that show, and I was like, this feels like it was forever ago. And our friend, mutual friend, Eric Weber, replied to me, and he said, yeah, that's because it was. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe it was. Like, that yeah. was a pretty long time ago. You're only as good as your last show in what we do, but then, like, there's this sense of, like, like, every year you need to be doing better than you did last year. Depends how much better you are than the show median. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it still doesn't really answer the question, though. Like, if you don't go to Wakefest, then are you irrelevant? Are you... <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, but then what? Like, if you start losing followers, if you don't get as many views, is that how we're measuring things? Or is it about what you do and your turn, like... Or is it I mean, company? for me, I feel like for me, like, for example, like how it was such a big deal for me to drift the blimp, the winter or drive it in the snow. I feel like for me, there's definitely been times when I've felt like maybe not over the hill, but like felt, I feel it's like for a car guy, when you sort of don't feel that like euphoria of cars anymore, you're just like driving some mundane sort of generic piece of shit going to work and back and like there's no more semblance of like excitement in your car world anymore. So like you've kind of just like faded, you know, yourself. Mine, mine is different though, because like, so one, I, I still have the car that I love. Mm-hmm. I take photos of you who drift and Kevin drift and do media stuff for you, which is fulfilling. But I find whenever I go to write an article now, which I do less and less and less of, that it's me reflecting back on like how things were. Like I'm not talking about events as if they're new. Yeah. It's like I've lived everything before and now I'm revisiting it as like this 37 year old compared to like this like bright eyed and bushy tailed like 25 year old, the 26 year old, the 27 year old who is seeing the world through like brand new eyes and like I, I'm, I've said it to Jake and I don't know if I've said it to the other checkpoint guys where I'm like, you guys are in your glory days. Like you're going to look back at this, the things that you're doing now, you probably won't be able to do forever or maybe you yeah. will, but like, man, like this is it. Like you guys are kind of doing it and 
that's how I feel that I'm a little bit over the hill and then like a little bit removed from everything. I know that's not entirely the case, but it's like, I'm watching people experience things for the first time or different things that maybe I don't connect with as much for the first time and being like, oh shit, like they're doing it like I did back in my glory days. And I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see that too, for sure. I mean, I guess it's all like how your outlook is too, right? Like for me, it's kind of like, like you said, like when do you know, uh, like the glory days, right? Like you talk about the glory days. So like really, if you're over the hill, the glory days are past, but the glory days are like long gone or the glory days, you know what I mean? Whereas like, I guess if you look at it, like I look at it, where it's like shit kind of just, it doesn't all necessarily get better. It just gets different or it doesn't really get worse. It just gets different. So I guess for me, as long as I'm still having those experiences or experiencing new things and exciting things, right. then I'm not over the hill. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that as well. Like I said, it's peaks and valleys. And like mm-hmm. uh, I said earlier, dividing my life into like segments where it was like hot boys or good vibes mm-hmm. or serial nine. Each of those are a different experience. <laughs> when i did stuff with hot boys it was like i was seeing the world for the first like the car world for the first time yeah uh with hot boys or sorry with good vibes it felt like i had a little bit of knowledge of what was like people were going through or like what it like if you were when i was covering them and like talking about like what it meant to be in the limelight kind of like Mm-hmm. I had a better sense of it because I wasn't just living it in the moment with the, the people. And yeah. then serial nine stuff is very different because like a lot of this not a lot of the stuff I do with you guys doesn't necessarily like have my name on it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's like more of like a behind the scenes type thing, which I'm totally fine with because in my mind that's like a sense of like you're actually doing what you're meant to be doing uh yeah each of those have very different instances it's peaks and valleys every part of those segments have things where i'd look back and be like yo that was really cool or like that was like the glory days and like even pre-hot boys there's like things that are like when dota logic started out where it was like yo that was the glory days i guess I guess it's the important thing is to define success on your terms. And I think mm-hmm. you did that. You did that very well in one episode. And I thought about that a lot after because I think it, but I never have actually put words to it. And you said it the best way. It's like, so I exist in a world with coworkers that don't care about cars. And everyone talks about all the places that they've traveled and all the things that they've done. And then I sit at the table with them and I say, yeah, no, I haven't been to South Africa. I haven't been to Egypt. I haven't been to Japan or blah, blah, blah. But I have been to this track in Wisconsin that you've never heard of. And I saw people do this thing that you don't care about with an elite group of other people that all have the same vibe and like sense of like relevance and importance tied to it and they're like that doesn't make sense to me but it makes so much sense to me it's like no i've witnessed a thing that like probably not everybody will ever get to witness again 
you know, like mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been to Rome and looked at all the sites and hundreds of thousands of people have been through there and they've all seen, you know, what history has to offer, but like there's a very finite group of people that will go to Wisconsin stay in this small town and go to final bout and see what that means. And like you and Kevin are two of the people that understand that. And I think you kind of said that, like, you're not necessarily rich in money, money, but you're rich in experience. You've driven these cars, you've seen these things and you've experienced these things. And it is interesting to think that that is a level of currency in the world that we exist in. And I, Honestly, it's it, a lot of times it's worth more because like, for example, like you can pass money onto your children or grandchildren or whatever, but like, it's kind of worthless. Like, like money is money. You know, they can piss it away on drugs or, you know, buy stupid like snowboards and shit. But like knowledge, for example, like if you can share experience and knowledge and stuff with them or stories or like, or like influence, that's worth a lot more. Like that you're literally shaping their fucking lives man like you know what i mean like money can't really shape like money itself can't really shape lives obviously the things that money can get you shapes lives but like your insight and your experiences leading to your stories or your influence on them shapes their lives yeah anybody's life people around you you know what i mean yeah so yeah you're definitely very rich like if you have a lot of experiences and a lot of knowledge and a lot of insight you're very rich and you can make other people rich too. Yeah, it is funny though, because I guess the thing that I learned was like that richness doesn't transfer to every to everyone, right? Like, no, nope. no, it's I'm very specific. Around, yeah, yeah, it's a very specific, very specific currency, but well worth it if you value that currency. I but I mean, the travel is the same thing. Like, if you talk about food or beer or or traveling or you know, like these sites that you saw somewhere, that's the same thing. Like those are translatable to like normal people versus, yo, like you ever been to Shano and like, you know, the uphill curve and taking the photo of like all the cars in third gear, like that's super sick. It's like, well, there's a very small amount of people that are going to get that. But, you know, the sunset on a certain beach in like Hawaii or whatever that you've experienced, maybe you've brought like a certain kind of chips or something to eat there that's, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I will say this, uh, and all the things that I've seen of like, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at remembering the glory days. Yeah. Not a lot of them. I, look, I've, I've, I've been to Europe. I've seen things. It's very nice. I'd go back. I'd enjoy it again. There's never been a moment there where I, when I was in Europe, I didn't stop and I wasn't like, this is amazing and i'll never get this moment again Mm. those moments generally have come to me either with when i'm with my family Mm -hmm. a lot of other ones are car things where i'm like this will probably never exist again in this in this way that it has you know like Mm -hmm. and so yeah i don't know i guess that is kind of it so I don't know if that currency, though, transfers over to, like, not being, you know, like, how do you know you're out of it? Or how do you know, like, you're over the hill? But I guess... I mean, it could. If you're no longer, if you're no longer gaining any moments. transferable experiences. <laughs> yeah, all right. I Okay, agreed. If you're no longer... 
If you're no longer gaining any transferable experiences, that's how you know you're over the hill. And I, that's a fair point. I can live with that. Find new things and the yeah. things that you love and you'll never be over the hill. There you go. Perfect. That's a good place to end. All right, we got there. I'm very glad that we found that. Thank you for providing that answer to me, Gerard. <laughs> I'm very sad that Kevin's computer died. I know, it sucks. But, all right, all right. I'm going to, so thanks for listening to Serial Podcast 9. This is Thank you very much. A crazy episode to cut, but I'm very excited for it. All yeah. right, check you hey. later. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Serial Podcast 9.